Welcome into the February 24th edition of the Locked On Leafs podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Morissuti. Trade season heating up in the NHL. The Bruins have made a big-time trade in response to the Leafs' Ryan O'Reilly deal. The Rangers are signaling a future blockbuster as well. We'll touch on both of those things and tee up tonight's Leafs and Wild game down at Scotiabank Arena. All that more coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Leafs podcast. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Leafs podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, uh, also known as Al's brother on TSN's Overdrive and TSN 1050's Leafs Lunch. Joining me, it's my co-host Dave Morissuti from Sportsnet, also a writer for the NHL PA. Locked on Leafs, a daily Maple Leaf-centric podcast. Be sure to subscribe for free wherever you get your podcasts from. You can also catch us up on video up on YouTube. We put out new content each and every day, Monday through Friday. It's all Leafs all the time. It's the number one spot for anyone in Leafs Nation. Uh, and this episode is brought to you by FanDuel, uh, the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's the official sportsbook of the Locked On Network. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. I was just telling you, Dave, on my way in, I was one, not even, I was half a point shy of a seven-play Raptors parlay. I took uh, six different props, which all hit, but then I also took the Raptors to win by five and a half on the spread. And it finished a five-point game, and I came away with nada. So when you're uh, when you're out there betting, bet responsibly, and uh, which I was betting responsibly. But man, is it always a kick in the pills when you're just one leg shy from 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 that parlay? Always one leg shy. Man, it sucks. And majority of the time, it's usually the team result that leads to the loss. <sighs> Yeah, I, I got to stop putting in those into the parlays. I just got to stick with the props. The team results often, because when, when you when you hit everything else, but the team comes up a little bit short, and from a total perspective, it, it does kind of annoy you. Um, so that does stink. I did take the Canucks, though, at the start of the third period, which they're about to go into overtime now. Mm-hmm. I had, they were plus 800 to, uh, to win the game on the money line. I took it, and they were down 2 nothing, and it – they're going overtime, so hopefully we can make up the money with that uh, with that wager. FanDuel, great stuff. Uh, it certainly is. Uh, anyways, let's get into uh, the hockey news from today. Um, we'll get into you know the Leafs news in, in just a moment. Obviously, they got a game tonight against the Minnesota Wild here in Toronto. Um, Joey Anderson officially did clear waivers. Uh, so we could probably talk about that uh, momentarily. But I think the big news of the day was the Boston Bruins, the already way too good, way too deep, way too strong, heavy playoff like Boston Bruins getting better. The rich got richer today, um, making a big splash, bringing in Dmitry Orlov and Garnett Hathaway from the Washington Capitals. Uh, your initial thoughts on that deal, Dave? I was kind of surprised that Orlov was the target, considering we had heard. It just seemed like <clears throat> Gavrikov was on his way to Boston. They, yeah. We were hearing that Boston needed to, you know, 
move around some money to make the deal work. At least that's what was reported. And then it feels like they just decided to go down aisle number two instead of aisle number one to go and get Orlov and Hathaway. The, the surprise here is obviously the Capitals giving up, you know, a pretty decent defenseman. Well, give it up on the season, it looks like. Yeah, like when they're, you know, technically not out of the playoff race, but seemingly kind of deciding this might not be the year. Yeah, I was looking their entire blue line um, on expiring deals, their whole blue line, except John Carlson, who's currently on LTIR. Everyone else on expiring deals, six of which are uh, UFAs, two of which RFAs. So, Maybe they just decided let's punt on uh, punt on the season, try and get whatever we can for the expiring guys, and uh, we'll, we'll try and reboot it next year for one more kick at the can for OV and Nick Backstrom and TJ Oshie and company. Um, it was a bit of a weird season, though, for them, right? Like Backstrom was hurt basically the first half of the season, Tom Wilson as well. They never really got off to uh, you know a good start enough. The goaltending has been up and down for them this season as well, so – uh, you know, I, I guess it's you didn't expect to see it, but we heard rumblings that Dmitry Orlov was getting uh, was a name out in the market the last 48 hours, and it didn't take long to come off the market. Obviously, as Boston goes and, and makes this deal, but what what I look at this trade though, like this now, there's no holes on Boston. Like they they now are just so deep, one through 12 up front, one through six on the blue line, and they've got a goalie tandem that really can't be rivaled in the NHL. I mean, the Boston Bruins went from great to potentially like near super team at this point. I mean, maybe maybe that's a little strong, but this is this is a deep deep team, man. Like that that is that is a deal where Boston says, "Look, we got a shot here. Let's leave no stone unturned. Let's make sure that we have zero holes in our lineup. Let's go and get a top four defenseman." Who we know can play a playoff-like game, can fit into what we what we are all about, and go and get a pain in the ass fourth liner like Garnett Hathaway, who can play a Bruins style of hockey. And let's make sure that uh, you know we're we're happy with the team heading into the playoffs. That's exactly what they did. No, it's exactly what they did. They you look at the it's almost a mirror of what the Leafs kind of did, right? The Leafs traded. Almost pretty like the the two deals are pretty much similar. The structure, the structure is is literally a carbon copy of one another. Instead, the Bruins obviously get the defenseman that has kind of been talked about as like the 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 focus for them, and at least they get the like the forward that many believe that they needed. So, I think right now, like the the the, the Leafs kind of open up. I think for other team like other teams, the sellers to figure out what exactly they believe they could get for their UFAs. Maybe Tarasenko kind of helped with that as well. But I feel like the lot we're seeing we're seeing a bit of a pattern with some of these deals because you wouldn't see many teams giving up first round picks for UFAs. Now almost every team is giving up a first round pick for a pending UFA. Of course salary retention being a proponent in almost every deal. And the Minnesota Wild decided to get themselves into every single cap reten- you know, retention deal as well. Yeah, so it's 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 funny how they're just literally buying draft picks, which man, it's a smart 
smart thing for them to do just because you you do look at what their situation is going forward from a cap perspective like they might need to have a lot of draft picks to fill their lineup with very cheap players just with the fact that they have a couple of really tough uh, buyout cap um what it called cap uh dead cap is it dead cap yeah dead cap hits on their on their books for the the next couple of years i think it's like 14 million combined or something like that up with both Parise and Suter getting bought out together for like literally the next two years. And then it drops off to, I think like six or 7 million the following year, but it's a lot the next few seasons. So um, just picking up some, some draft picks, I guess, since they have a little bit of space now to do that. Uh, but yeah, definitely a big trade. And and I'm, I'm curious, Dave, if you think now it, does Tampa feel like they might need to do something. They saw Toronto go out making deal now they've seen Boston go out and make a deal. Do they need to go and get themselves something uh, to to keep up with these two? I mean, and, and right now Tampa, if I don't know if you watched the game against the Sabres at all or kept tabs on it, mm-hmm. they were down 5-2 in the third period, and they lost that game in overtime. You know, Tampa's had chances to really gain ground on the Leafs, and they haven't really done it. And... You, you, I know that the other GMs are going to say, well, you know, we can only focus on what we can do in certain cases, but I don't know. Like the, the Lightning don't exactly have a lot of cap space. Like they, I think they're using up all of their LTIR right now. Like they don't have a lot of deadline space. And yeah, they, they like to get creative and move money around where they need to. I, I they could surely do that. Like for them, it's just like, what can they do, and how much can they afford to bring in, you know, into the fold? Yeah, like they're they're a team I look at. Like I think they probably would like to bring in a defender. Like they lost two defensemen from last year's team from the the years that they had won cups, right? Ryan McDonough and Jan Ruta, who both played top four minutes for them. So they've tried to you know get guys to internally fill those positions and and I think Mikhail Sergachev has done a pretty good job but I still think they feel they're missing a little bit of depth there um that they haven't had or that they had previously and haven't had this year I wonder if maybe like a Luke Shen is a type of guy cuz he's cheap he's been there before he's won a cup with that team and um maybe they can bring him into the fold and he can end up being part of uh part of that mix and he's cheap Right, only like making eight hundred fifty thousand, you can easily fit that into your cap structure. So that's uh, that's a guy who I think might be on the radar for the Tampa Bay Lightning. But we'll see, we'll see what they end up doing. Um, the Rangers are a team that are getting real interesting. They brought in Tarasenko, and now signaling another blockbuster trade that could be on the horizon. I'll explain what I mean on the other side. But first, Dave. How about a word from one of our show sponsors? Yep. If you're looking for a delicious treat, but don't want all the fat and calories, and you got to try a built bar. You, you know, holiday season's behind us. I know now in the dog days of February, you're trying to get back on track in terms of eating healthy, but it's also hard because you don't want to compromise on taste. And that's why you got to go and try a built bar. With built bar, healthy is actually tasty. They are so delicious, you won't think they're good for you. Perfect for your New Year's resolution. What makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they are made with 100% 
Real chocolate come in unbelievable flavors like cookies and cream, churro, peanut butter, coconut almond. I'm not sure how they do it, but they taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. Only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein in each bar. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, they've been talking about ordering built. You know, we've talked about ordering your built bars over at built.com. Now you can go get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Go to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of built bars. You can pick up a four bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, coconut puff. Or if you want to go a little bit bigger, go to the Sam's Club and run and grab a 13 bar box of hit flavors like brownie and churro. Thank me later. Of course, if you're someone that still wants to order online and get, you know, the extra savings of our promo code, make sure you go to built.com and use the promo code locked on 15 to get 15% off your order. So that is promo code locked on 15 to get 15% off your next order at built.com. Welcome back into the Locked On Leafs podcast. Mike DiStefano and Dave Morissuti, the hosts here at Locked On Leafs, a daily Maple Leaf-centric podcast. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts from, also up on YouTube. Um, as you were delivering that outstanding ad read, uh, the Canucks did come back to win the game in overtime, so that's a cash. Thank you very much, FanDuel, and the money's already in my account. So uh, within minutes, they get that money in your account uh, as soon as the game's over. So it's good to see. So thank you very much to Elias Patterson, who had a three-point night and a 3-2 overtime win, including the game-winning goal. So uh, PD and FanDuel uh, paid for paid for lunch tomorrow, paid for dinner, that's for sure. All right. Um, uh, Joey Anderson actually cleared waivers today. We were having that conversation yesterday about whether or not he would clear and maybe what that move meant for the Maple Leafs. Could he be involved in some sort of trade? Well, he has officially cleared, which pleasantly surprised, actually. Like, he's the type of player that typically does not make it through waivers. Like a 24-year-old tweener that, uh, you know, maybe there's a team out there, typically in Arizona um, type of team that will take a flyer on a guy like that for the rest of the year just to see if they can find something or just, you know, bodies, NHL-type bodies to play when they trade everybody else out for the rest of the season. Uh, but no, they, no one touched him, and he's cleared and um, was not assigned to the AHL. I will note that. He just cleared waivers and then was at practice today. I don't know uh, if he's going to get sent down or, again, this was just a precursor to another trade that was going to be made, and um, him clearing waivers makes him a more attractive piece because then whichever team brings him in is able to move him up and down from the minors to uh, to their NHL club. So uh, perhaps that's part of it. So that's a name that we'll definitely be keeping an eye on over the next uh, week. We got one week till the NHL trade deadline. Um, so we'll keep an eye on Joey Anderson and see if he can be part of um, some trade fodder for the Maple Leafs. In terms of what's going on in the Big Apple, Dave, there was also uh, some other moves that were made today, which might suggest some trades could be happening in New York. A Jake LeCision and Vitaly Kraftsov not playing for roster management reasons. So we've evolved from trade-related reasons to roster management-related reasons. I'm going to send you this uh, this link right now. If you actually want to pull this up for me, because I think I know exactly what's going 
working on it. And, and I'm not sure if you've seen this. You probably have. Um, but we talked a little bit in yesterday's show about how there could be some interest with the Rangers and Patty Kane and how they may want to go and bring him back into the fold. And Puckpedia talked about how they could potentially make that work. Um, so according to Puckpedia, they would have to waive or demote one player, for example, LeCision, who just so happened to be sat today for roster-related reasons, wink, wink, um, and then they would have room for about $1.89 million cap at the deadline, uh, and then they could acquire Kane at 75% retained while also moving out craps off, and they would have enough money to, to make it happen. Now, if you want to scroll down, actually, because there was a response that they had another tweet, um, the next one, <laughs> that one, um, so where they explained it a little bit more and said, due to popular demand, the cutoff date to send down LeCision and accrue enough cap space by the deadline in order to fit Kane at 25% with Kraptsoff being part of a deal would be February 26th, which means he would have to be waived by February 25th and either claimed or sent down. So he wasn't waived today, technically. He was just sat for roster management reasons, which was what was uh, what their official announcement was from the New York Rangers Twitter page. And uh, at the time of this recording, it is the 20, well, I guess it's, it's, it'll be the 24th um, where he still has not been sent down, which means today or tomorrow, Jake LeCision will be either sent down or traded. And that would really point to them trying to make something work to get Patrick Kane. Because if, if you're making all of these moves and you're sitting guys and you're making these you know, precursor moves, which just it, it's it, reading the tea leaves. They're going to do what's necessary to get Patrick Kane on their roster. And it doesn't even seem like it's that difficult to do, right? They get him double retained. They put cracks up in the deal. And then they just send decision down to the minors today or tomorrow. And all of a sudden they have cap space for Patrick Kane. That's pretty much the gist of it. Funny thing here is going into the season, we talked about how many teams would not a take back salary, finding another team to agree to take back salary. We didn't hear a lot of that. Now it seems like more teams have that option available to them, which I'm finding that quite surprising. Well, so you accrue cap space as the season goes along. If you haven't used it all right. So there are some teams who have, I think I saw Buffalo technically has like $80 million in cap space that they could technically use because of how much they've accrued this year. But also if you'll look, you'll notice that a lot of the players that are being dealt right now, um, their total dollars aren't necessarily as much as their, uh, as the cap hit. So they're not actually holding a lot of money like Minnesota. They paid, I think it was like $74,000 in actual money um, that they're paying for Ryan O'Reilly's 25% of their cap hit. Like that's what's remaining on his salary that they have to pay. And then I think it was very similar on the Dmitry Orlov where they gave up, um, they got a fifth round pick to take on like 80 something thousand dollars of remaining salary. So they're not taking on a whole lot of actual cash. Um, and they're a team that's actually banked a little bit of, of salary in terms of accruement because they've been really healthy. Um, they haven't had to dip into LTIR, which is why the Leafs have not been able to accrue uh, much cap space at all. 
So that's kind of why I think some teams are are open to doing it and are are able to do it. I was reading a piece in the Athletic. Um, an executive had mentioned that there's about six teams out there that are willing to take on, you know, be a broker for these trades to get more picks and and prospects and whatnot. So yeah, there are teams out there, and so far we've seen Minnesota do it twice with the Ryan O'Reilly and the Dmitry Orlov deal. But uh, I'm I'm sure there's some other teams out there that'll be willing to uh, to do the same thing going forward for in order to get Patrick Kane. Uh, dealt with i got two in mind obviously arizona being one of them yeah well the arizona though they don't like to spend any money like that's the problem with arizona i was looking at arizona's draft pick like what they have in terms of a draft pick haul between the years 2024 and 2025 they're gonna have seven second round picks yeah um that's crazy they now the, the thing here too is some people will say, well, why doesn't no, Minnesota could do it again, which they could, but teams can only do a maximum of three salary retentions. So if you're going to look at a team that's going to do salary retention, um, Arizona has already, uh, I think, no, yeah, they already have one with Oliver Ackman Larson. Yeah. So they only have two spots available. And the other team is the Anaheim Ducks. They have they have not taken any salary back in any trades, so they're a team that could potentially do it. We know that they're a team that is going to want to weaponize draft picks. They have three in the second round going into twenty twenty three. They they'll they're looking at stockpile some draft picks and assets. So mm-hmm. I think that's a team to to keep an eye on. I don't know if John Klingberg is going to be on the move. It just seems like gotta be. They I mean. So they'll oh. use one of those. There is one of those three spots on Klingberg. You'd think. I think so. I mean, if they do, if you, they can move him. If if oh, that would be so terrible. Like they brought him in, paid him seven million dollars this year, strictly to use him as trade fodder at the deadline. And if he's lost so much value that no teams even want to trade for him, that would suck. Like that would be. So crappy for the Anaheim Ducks organization and the owner to have to pay that contract for no reason. Uh, that'd be a backfired plan for sure. I think there's still a team that would look at him and be like, you know what? He, for the last like three years, he's pretty good. Two years ago, he was a top pair defenseman in the Stanley Cup final against the, the Tampa Bay Lightning. So um, I, I think that there's a, a possibility here that uh, – that he could still get dealt. And there's a team out there that would be looking to bring him in. Maybe even Toronto. I mean, maybe, I don't know, maybe Toronto, right? Right shot D man can move the puck a little bit. I don't know. It's not the, definitely not like a top five list, but he's a name that's popped up in the past. Um, speaking of Toronto, they got a game tonight. They're hosting the Minnesota wilds. So they're back home for one night, and then they're onto the road for a Western Canadian slash Seattle road swing. Uh, so we'll come back, and we will tee that game up for you tonight, give our keys to the game. And uh, so we'll have that chat uh, in just a moment. I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Morissuti. Listen to Lockdown these Podcasts, part of Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Welcome back into the Lockdown these Podcast. It's Mike DiStefano and Dave Morissuti. Leafs got Minnesota in Scotiabank Arena tonight. 
uh, Toronto looking to get back at it after uh, after a pretty successful night in Buffalo. So they'll look to keep it rolling, especially that second line, which according to practice, remaining intact as we expected. Um, the forward lines in general are, are all pretty much the exact same going into tonight's game, according to practice yesterday. Uh, Rasmus Sandin will be a game-time decision. He did practice on the third pair today alongside Justin Hall, but uh, he'll be a game-time decision. They'll kind of see. Maybe they'll give him an extra day to rest up, and he can join them on the road trip. That's, uh, But, again, that, that'll be decided later on today. Uh, Minnesota coming in. Uh, they'll be on their second night of a back-to-back. They played Columbus and had a 2-0 victory. Marc-Andre Fleury with the shutout, which means Philip Gustafson will be the starter in net for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And we assume it'll be Ilya Samsonov getting a home start for Toronto. Uh, what do you expect in tonight's game, Dave? The last game that these two teams played, I don't know if you remember, was that rare afternoon matchup. Quite entertaining. Quite an entertaining tilt to yeah. at the end there. I'm curious, what what do you remember most about that game? I'm curious if it's the same thing as me. What do I remember most from that game? The I well, I mean the final minute of that period was just absolute bonkers. Sandy and Lilligren have to hold down the fort. Matt Murray made that amazing save. He did at the end there. Um I know there was something else I'm probably missing from that game. A lot happened. That was the game where the goalpost gate really became publicized where Matt Murray was kicking off the goalpost. It was like the third game in a row where he had done that. And then the Minnesota ice guy came out and he had like a turkey baster and was trying to get the water out of the, the holes or something like that. And he's just staring at Matt Murray the whole time. Like, are you kidding me guy? Like you're such a clown. Why are you kicking these posts off? And he was really upset. That's what I remember most about that game. At least one, you know, at least got the victory. But, uh, you know, the whole Matt Murray kicking the post nonsense um, and that fiasco. And then the, the, the Minnesota Wild rink attendant is what I think I, I will always remember about that game, funny enough. So, um, but that was game one when the Leafs took the victory. And then game two of the season goes down tonight. Um, look, Minnie's been a they're, – they're in an interesting, interesting position. Like, that's a team um, who, after – I don't want to call it a, a tough stretch, but a couple weeks ago, it looked like they were teetering on like outside looking in type territory. They were falling out of it a little bit and getting into the wild card race. But since then, they've rattled off uh, what four straight wins going into tonight's game against the Maple Leafs. So, you know, Toronto's got a, a pretty on fire wild club coming in tonight. It's a good test for the Leafs, right? Because they haven't really played a good team. In a little bit, so they're gonna they're gonna see that, especially over the next little bit. The Minnesota Wilder, yeah, they're a very interesting team because they've been kind of up and down. I've been, uh, you know, keeping tabs because I have Flip Gustafson on my fantasy team, and he has been very much up and down this season. And they're only two points ahead of the Colorado Avalanche, who have three games in hand on Minnesota, so they can't afford to slip up here. Um, really at any point right now because, you know, I think uh, Colorado's won their last three. They've won their last four. So there's a – there's the, the Central Division is quite an interesting one because, I mean, the Wild could still conceivably 
go top in the division. It's that close. Yeah. Only three points back of the Stars. Um, and they're two points back of the Jets. So that's uh, the Central Division is definitely uh, going to be an interesting race, much like the Pacific Division, too. So Leafs are going to be seeing a lot of teams that need to cement their playoff positioning going forward. Yeah, you, you mentioned it like between first and fourth place in that division, three points, three points between first and fourth. Um, with Minnesota, Winnipeg, and Dallas all 58 games. Colorado has three games in hand on those teams. Um, so we'll see what they can do. Actually, sorry, Colorado has 67 points, but they have games in hand. So they're technically ahead in terms of points percentage. Um, so five points between the first and fourth team. But again, three games in hand that Colorado has on Dallas. But yeah, they're, they're, they're a team that's in, a, in, in you know win mode right like they're definitely in win mode and the interesting part about the team like they're just they're really stingy defensively through the fourth ranked team defensively in terms of you know goals uh expected goals against um and you look at what they've been able to do on this road trip or the, on this winning streak they allowed no goals against columbus allowed one goal against Anna, uh, la allowed three against washington or nashville Oh, I can't read today. And then just one goal against the Dallas Stars. So in total, I mean, they've only allowed, now that's what, seven goals in their last four games. Um, so they've been really good defensively. So that's something. And their penalty kill has been elite. Haven't allowed a, a power play goal in nine games. They're 20 for 20 in their last uh, 20 attempts on the PK. Haven't allowed one since February 6th. So that's another thing to kind of keep an eye on. When the Leafs get the power play, they got to try and score because that's not something that Minnesota has been allowing. Goals at five on five or on the power play. So goals might be a little hard to come by in this game against Minnesota. Yeah, and, and that, that's why I was a little surprised at the lot when the Leafs last played Minnesota. Like It wasn't a very Minnesota-like game. I think Mark Hunter Fleury got the start in that one. Um Actually, no, I do remember because William Newlander scored, and that was when they found out about Borea Salming. So, yes. yes, it was a very, uh, yeah, it was a very emotional game. I remember for the Leafs, and yeah, I mean Minnesota. They sure they're not the exact same team they were years ago when they went you on know, when Ryan Suter was there, and they were known as like that, you know, tough nosed defensive team. Like they're still a very good defensive team, as you mentioned, but it's taken on a. A, a different identity, I would say, since we you know over the last few seasons. All right, Dave. So, what are the three keys to victory for the Toronto Maple Leafs? Give me one. Well, you're gonna have to play as best as you can at five on five because your special teams is not gonna be something that you're gonna. I I don't see the Leafs win the special team battles in terms of if they get a lot of power plays. It could surprise me, but. It has, the power play hasn't looked as great lately, so they're going to have to be very, uh, very stout at five on five in this one. Yeah, uh, absolutely. They're going to have to capitalize on their chances. And one way I think they could do that generate speed through the neutral zone. Like that's where we saw them be really successful against Buffalo. If they can do some similar things, like I said, it's a tough team to crack defensively fourth best in terms of expected goals again. So if they can get some speed going through the neutral zone, move the puck around and uh, get some good rush chances, some odd man rushes, potentially 
I think that gives the Leafs a good opportunity to uh, to get some pucks past Gustafson and try and fill the net a little bit. Uh, but another key, it's pretty simple. And there's one guy in particular who, you know, is is a target for the Maple Leafs and someone who you just need to shut down by any means necessary. And that's Kirill the Thrill Kaprizov. Like if you can limit the thrill you should have a good chance to win the hockey game because that guy's so dynamic. He can break things open. And when you leave him off the score sheet, typically I think the uh, the Minnesota Wild don't win a whole lot of hockey games. So if they can make sure that they kind of zero in on him, shut him down, I'd be curious to see who gets that uh, who gets that assignment. If it's Camp, Yarncroft, and, and Pierre Engvall, or do they – you know, opt to go heavy on heavy and go with Ryan O'Reilly, John Tavares, and Mitch Marner against that line, right? They'll be on home ice so they can dictate the matchups. I'd be curious to see how Sheldon Keefe um, goes about that. But uh, certainly limiting Kirill, the thrill, Kaprizov, that's uh, another key the Maple Leafs are going to have to do tomorrow night. Give me one more. Um, Man, another one. Yeah, Kirill was going to be at one for me, but, uh, you know, try – Try to get to the goaltending early, right? Like, Gustafson's had his ups and downs this season. You know, they did a good job, obviously, against the Sabres to, you know, obviously force the goaltending change. And and that that early lead kind of gave the Leafs kind of some, uh, some um, what's the word? It was like momentum, obviously. You know, Minnesota's got some good young players. I look at Matt Boldy. He's a guy that you don't want to, you know, you're you're gonna keep a, a big eye on Kirill uh, Kaprizov. Matt Boldy has stepped up his game big time for uh, Minnesota this season. So, you know, at, I knew you're gonna bring that one up. The lovely, lovely uh, is that the rookie card. His that rookie would card? be the Matt Boldy rookie card. Yes, sir. Yeah. So, I'm I'm a big Matt Boldy fan. I've uh, he's he's done quite well this season. You know considering so yeah he's another guy you got to watch for but i think you just yeah you gotta you gotta make sure that the, that gustin doesn't get any uh momentum leafs have seen him a few times when he was with the senators so this isn't someone that the leafs aren't at all not familiar with at the same time uh absolutely my guy so those are three keys uh to the game that we think uh will lead to success for toronto tonight against Minnesota. Uh, actually, let me just quickly check and see what's going on on FanDuel for this game. I would imagine that the Maple Leafs are favored to win the game. I don't know what the exact odds are. I will check for y'all in about 2.1 seconds as I pull it up on my phone. Notice that I have been paid, by the way, for the Canucks comeback victory. So thank you very much to Vancouver for that one. Um, in terms of what the... Situation is for the Maple Leafs tomorrow night. They are minus 205 on the money line and minus uh, or plus 134 on the puck line. So if you think that Toronto can win this game by two plus goals, uh, the puck line might be the way to go. But I do find it uh, the over under set at six, which when you look at two teams who are pretty stingy defensively, that's 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 a tough, tough number to take the over at. Um and you can actually get even money at six. So do you think it could be a 3-2 hockey game, which it very well could be the way that both these two teams are playing? Uh, under six might be a decent little play there at even money as well. All right, buddy. Good stuff today. Uh, hopefully they can go out, get the win, and then 
head out on the road trip on a high and go on a nice Western Canadian road trip through Seattle on Sunday. Then they got uh, back-to-back Edmonton, Calgary. I think it's Tuesday or yeah, Tuesday, Wednesday, I think, or Wednesday, Thursday. We got Edmonton, Calgary. So that'll be going through Alberta. They got Vancouver as well, I believe. So should be uh should be an interesting next week for the Maple Leafs leading up to the NHL trade deadline a week today. And there's there's gotta be one more move. One more move up Kyle Dubas' sleeve. We'll chat about it more on Monday, though, Dave. That does it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to Locked On These Podcasts on all podcasts and platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow Dave at D underscore Morasuti. Follow the show at Locked On Leafs as well. Go ahead, leave a like uh, on the on the YouTube video. Comment down below as well if you'd like. Uh, we'll be back uh, with another episode on Monday. Enjoy the games this weekend. Until then, keep it locked right here on Lockdown Leafs.